it's kind of crazy is that this is a real people. That promise God made to Abraham several, several chapters back, it's becoming true now. However, these people find themselves not in the land that God has promised them. That's to come. That's where we're going to get to. So after all this happens, after all these things happen, and now uh, you guys know Egypt a little bit, right? You guys have seen some of the geography and stuff. What is famous in, in Egypt? Anybody know? Nile rivers, yes, that's one. But what else is there? Pyramids, right? Have you ever wondered this question? Who made the pyramids? Some people say aliens. Seriously, they do. Some people say that water actually during the great flood made them. Some people do. Other people suggest that the Israelites, while they were slaves, actually made these. Now, I can't tell you for sure. However, we do read about brick and mortar right here. We read about their task being really hard to fulfill, right? Anybody ever been to Egypt and seen the pyramids? That'd be really cool. I don't think anyone has yet. And that's okay if you haven't, okay? I'd like to do that one day. It's kind of on my bucket list. My parents were just there. It looks amazing. However, they say these, these bricks that go to the pyramids weigh over 2,500 pounds by themselves. So someone in this room right now, you would have to have a great engineering mind in order to figure out how to move that mark with the systems that they had back in place at that point, right? Or you would need a lot of slave power to make this happen. Can you imagine being the guy who has to pick up that brick? Can you imagine... At one point here in the stories of how great your God was and how amazing he was that he brought you to this land and the king, the Pharaoh, loved your He allowed you guys to be whatever you wanted to do, but now you're slaves. Can you imagine how hurt you would be during this time? Think about this question just for a second. Throw that question up there, Philip, if you don't mind. If these were God's chosen people, then where is he, right? What's he doing? Why is he so quiet? Why is he allowed, like, if this to happen, you would have some issues with this, right? Like, if this was you, if you were one of the Israelites, if you could put yourself in their shoes, and that's my whole goal with this, is so that you can just get a little bit of a taste, because the book of Exodus is written as a narrative. Does anybody know what a narrative is? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of like a firsthand experience, right? And so as I teach, this is what happened, and I just want you to know what happened. So here's the history of what happened. And so as I teach this, this is kind of how you're going to learn this a little bit, is you're going to get a little bit of a taste of what happened. It's believed that Moses wrote this book, except for the very end. You know Moses couldn't have wrote it. Well, actually, this one's not that. That's later. That's Deuteronomy. But where it says, and that's how he died, but that's, that's to be dealt with later, okay? Don't you think? These people were wondering, where is God? Like, why would he let this happen? Picking up in verse number 15, it says this. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua. When you serve as the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter... She shall live. You guys hear that? 
Somebody break that down for me, that little bit right there. You guys know what a midwife is? What's a midwife? There we go. She helps deliver babies. So Pharaoh says to her, what? If it's a boy, do what with him? Kill him. And if it's a girl, let her live. Why? They didn't want that country to become too great. They didn't want this people to be what they were going to be. They wanted to cut it off. They wanted to intermarry with them. They were done. Pharaoh was done. This isn't going to happen on my watch. Not at all. Verse number 17. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said, why have you done this? And let the male children live. The midwives say to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied, and they grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Guys, this is a painful story if you really put yourself into it. You really think about it just for a minute, what's happening here? This is the most evil guy we've seen in the Bible up to this point. This Pharaoh, he hates the people of God. He says, take the kids, take the boys, and throw them in the what? The Nile. What's the Nile? It's a river, right? A big river or a small river? Huge, right? What is in that river? Water, that's a good one. Yeah, true. What else? Crocodiles. What do crocodiles do with babies? I don't want to talk about it, okay? I don't want to talk about it. Every son that is born of the Hebrews you shall cast into the Nile. At this point, the Hebrews, the Israelites, they've got to be hurting, right? They've got to be feeling some kind of way about God. You see, God, the most, when we're hurting, that's when we often want to hear from God the most. Think about it just for a second. Think about your own life. Moments of call out to God the most. Is it in your moments of pleasure? Is it in your moments of everything's going fine? If you're anything like me, I went terribly wrong. Moments where I call out to God, probably the most is where something's going wrong and it's going terribly wrong. And it's where I need God to do something. I need him to show up fast. The scripture here, you guys are doing, and we're going to see this as as we keep reading through the scripture here. You're going to see that these guys cry out to God. And he hears them. But that's for next week. We're not there yet. Right now... You're just getting the history behind everything. Right now, we're just setting this whole thing up. You see, oftentimes we want to hear from God when we're hurting the most. But we make the mistake of thinking God isn't listening when he doesn't speak. Check this out, though. Chapter number two. This is the part where Moses comes in. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, 
And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took him, or she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitmen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now, just for a second. Just for a second. This is the baby we're using in the video. That's it, right? For a second here, I want you to you've had a son. Whether you're a boy or a girl, you're married, it's your job. You've got to do that. And so for three months, you've hidden your child. For three months, you've loved this little baby. For three months, you've kept that baby as quiet as possible. But now, you can't keep him quiet anymore. Is he? And if the Egyptians find him in your house, then you're going to You build a little owl, baby. You build something that's going to float down the Nile for your baby. Faith. This is your flesh and your blood. But now you've got to throw them into the river that's full of, yes, water, but also hippos, crocodiles, and all other kind of things. How would you feel about this? God, why would you allow this to happen? For this certain woman, for her and her husband, this was the plan they came up with. This was the plan that God had given them for their son. Get it, and I see, love this story, man. It's something that's just absolutely amazing when I really look at it and I see what God has the baby to see what happens to him. Can you imagine just for a second? Guys, this is going to be a little harder for you, but for the girls in the room, like being that sister. Why can your baby brother float down this river? And tell your parents what happened. You really can't do anything about this. Man, what a story. God wasn't done, though. God had a special plan for this baby. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And while her young women basket amongst the reeves, reeds and sent her servant women. And she took it. And when she opened it, she saw, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, Shall I give his children? <laughs> then he that child for you. Just for a second. Look at the words behind me. Read those words. Internally of what words. Just for a second. Remember, we just got the feeling of what's happening to this baby. We just got. They put the baby in the water and just by coincidence, as pity, the princess is bathing and it rolls right by her. Just by coincidence. Remember what we said earlier. Don't mistake God not speaking for him not doing anything. 
You see, God's got a plan, and he's got a plan all along for this story, and now it's time to get it rolling. And the reason that I wanted us to sing Waymaker before this is because sometimes in our life, it feels like God's not working. It feels like God could care less about what's happening in your life. And I just want you to know, like, just out of this story alone, God's got a plan. And that plan isn't always obvious to us. But think about this story right here just for a second. She sees the this sister who's following the baby along. She sees the princess. She sees the girls with her. And she sees her get the baby, and at that moment, she says this, hey, would you like me to go find somebody who can nurse that baby for you? And the princess agrees. Guys, this baby, Moses, was going to be nursed by his mother now. She was going to get to spend that huge with him until he was weaned, right? This was absolutely a huge deal. Verse number 8, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman came and took the child and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. The mother not only got to spend more time with her son through this story, she got paid to take care of him. Do you see how God worked this out? Do you see how just huge this was? Do you also see where he went after he was old enough? It says that he went and he became the princess's son. That she named him. That says that's going to take care of him from now on. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If the princess has a son, what does that son eventually become? He royalty, right? This meant that he now had a chance to speak into what was happening into the entire kingdom. Right? Even when I don't see it, God's working. God's always working. No matter what I'm seeing or what I'm feeling, God doesn't change with the circumstances of life. Just because things are going on around me that are uncertain doesn't mean And I need to remember this. And I think where we've been so far, need to remember this. Sarah, they couldn't get pregnant. God was still working through this. Even when Jacob feared the reunion with his brothers Esau, God was still working. Even when working. And even when Pharaoh oppressed the Israelites and he tried the weak, all the newborn baby boys, God is who he's still working. He's faithful and he keeps his promises. And so as today, as what we've done is during this early, try to put ourselves into the shoe. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about yourself right now. Think about where in your life do you need to be reminded where God is working. It's no matter what in my life, I know that I need to be constantly reminding none of these things change the truth that God is still 
working. You see, sometimes in life we're going to feel that things are impossible for us to go up. And I think you're going to be surprised. You see, our life, what we, and I'll wrap up on this one. The center, oftentimes in our life, what that we mean to do that, it's just the way that we're wired. It's the way that the, 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 the sin nature inside of us has made us look at ourselves. It's made us start to just say, hey, everything revolves around me, right? It all is about me. This whole story of the world wasn't all about you. Whole story of the whole world and, and how we fit in is God's story. What if this whole story, your whole life, isn't necessarily about life, is about him known through your life? You see, there's a truth that I, I want everything, right? Like I want to know how God work everything out. Because we're not God. We don't understand the, the, the greatest things that he can see that we can't see right now. And that's okay. It's hard, but there's no way she could have saw what happened coming for her. But God did listening to what through her and the truth is to him through listening. To Even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, God is working. So today, that's my takeaway for you. Just any words. The almighty creator of everything you see, everything and even yourself with you. Lesson. Let me pray over you guys. We'll get out of here. And then we'll pick up here. Thank you. In Exodus chapter 2. God, today, the scripture, Lord, we can see that, God, you were at work. And, God, it's easy for us to see you at work in scripture, but not always easy for us to see you at work in our own lives. And, God, and realize that, God, it's my prayer that, God, we will listen to this scripture, God, and realize that students are in right now, Lord, where they need to see you working. God, I pray that, Lord, they will start to see glimpses of, God, what you're doing. I pray that, Lord, their eyes will shift from the me focus, God, to the God focus. them, Lord, how you truly are doing things for your own glory. And so, Father, I thank you for that. God, I pray for faith like Moses' mother. You call us to do for every single one of us. Step out on faith because, God, we know that, Lord, you're greater than anything else we face. So, Father, thank you for that. Thank you for how you love us. We thank you for the cross. And, Lord, how you find you throughout this week. And I pray this all in Jesus' name.